virtue. What comes to mind when you hear that word? One of my favorite definitions for virtue is a beneficial quality or power of a thing. We are all filled with our own virtues, personal strengths and power within us that are gifts given to us by God. The real magic happens when we recognize our virtues and become guardians of these virtues, using them for the good of others. Join me, your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, as I talk to amazing guardians of virtue who all have one thing in common, a desire to use their gifts for good. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you are emboldened with your own virtues. Let us all strive to be guardians of virtue. What's up, my friends? Welcome to episode 26 of the Guardians of Virtue podcast. I came to the idea for this episode because last week I was cranky and um, didn't feel a lot of hope for certain goals that I have. And just, it was just, I was just kind of, it was not a great week. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was a fine week. I shouldn't say that. I had a great week. But mentally speaking, I was kind of in a low place and I hated feeling like less hope than I than I normally do. And in hindsight, um, I suppose this is a, a little bit of a TMI, but um, there are certain parts of I think my emotions go, go through cycles and sometimes I just feel like being a little bit more emotional. And, um, and so last week was one of those weeks and I just, I just didn't like how I felt. And sometimes it's just hard to come out of those. You can tell yourself to over and over again, but just sometimes it's difficult as I'm sure a lot of you know. And so, um, there's a scripture, which I wish I would have written this down, but I didn't. And, um, it's something goes to something, Paul, I think says something to the effect of um that you you i just had um the thought like show the hope that you have within you or because of christ you have hope within you or i don't remember the exact but there's a scripture that is like goes something like that that kept on going through my mind that kind of helped me out of that a little bit but i realized also that i have highlighted faith a couple times on here i interviewed uh Andre from um, Ukraine about being a guardian of charity and those two are so important but they go hand in hand with hope so today we are talking about what it means to be a guardian of a hope and um, it took me a couple of days to figure out exactly how I wanted to approach this episode and I actually when I was started when I started writing it this morning I it, it just it wasn't clicking and I was kind of frustrated because I really did feel like I should talk about hope and but at the same time I was like well maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't talk about being a guardian of hope but every time I thought that I I had a counter thought that was like no you need to talk about it just keep working on it and so I sat there for a good like hour and a half figuring out what to talk about exactly and then like this flow state just happened I, have you has that ever happened to you like and then I got excited I got so excited and I just and then I like wrote it the outline and stuff in like 20 minutes and so I just needed to figure out 
just needed like one one thing that kind of jump started everything and it made me so excited. I love the writing process for this podcast. Uh, I know I'm a nerd, but but this like writing about basically writing a talk for a church every week has been really fun for me. And selfishly, I think I I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to do these solo episodes. So let's talk about what it means to be a guardian of hope. Life is really hard. I know you guys all know this. Everyone has their trials that they face. And personally, I feel like I experience the same kind of trials over and over again. Do you guys feel like that too? Like um, health trials or whatever. And a big part of it is me just not learning (laughs) and not doing what I need to do to make that weakness or that strength to become better. But I think also part of it is just where because of our, our nature, our personal natures and the way we go through life, we're just prone to specific things. We live in a fallen world. And so uh, there's bound to be um, heartache and struggle. And and how do we find hope even in the struggle, right? Because we are not immune to it. There's no way to avoid the trials and struggle that we face. And so how how do we do this? How can we be guardians of hope even when we feel like we're in the middle of a hellish thing? And I'm sorry for those that think I just cussed, but, um, you know, I was using it in the correct way, okay? <laughs> but seriously. Sometimes life can feel like that and it can be hard. Like I, like I talked about my week last week, it be, can be hard to pull yourself out of that. But there is always the same answer that will help you out. And that answer is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is always the answer. So today's episode will be slightly different. I'm not going to list a how-to like I did last week with the service, being a guardian of service. And that one was, I've, I really was grateful for the list that I was inspired to share, but I'm not listing things today. I'm going to tell you um, some inspiring, I'm going to read some inspiring quotes uh, from the Book of Mormon and from a talk, a devotional that Elder Jeffrey R. Holland and Sister Patricia Holland gave in January entitled The Future Filled with Hope. So I'll read the quotes from there and then I'll talk about After that, I'll talk about the most effective, the most tried and true, the most evidence-based way that I personally have continuously, continuously found hope in my own life. It's, it's a practice that I have, a daily practice that I have. And, um, because, because of this daily effort to keep the hope that burns with me, in me strong, I find it a little easier to be a guardian of hope, even on the hard days. So let's start off with the quotes that I felt inspired, feel inspired by. So in the Book of Mormon, chapter 7, Moroni highlights this sermon his father gave in a synagogue, his father Mormon. And the sermon is all about faith, hope, and charity. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures in the entire, the favorite chapters in the entire Book of Mormon, besides the war chapters, of course, (laughs) says Captain Moroni, right? But uh, it's such a great chapter, and so I wanted to understand that better. And it's charity is the pure love of Christ. It's something that's supposed to we're supposed to all strive for. And so 
in this chapter, it talks about faith, hope, and he, Mormon talks about faith, hope, and charity the entire chapter um, for his sermon that he gave. And so this is what he says about hope. Behold, I say unto you that we shall have hope through the atonement of Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection to be raised unto life eternal. And this because of your faith in him according to, that prom to the promise. Wherefore, if a man have faith, he must needs have hope. For without faith, there cannot be any hope. And again, behold, I say unto you that he cannot have faith and hope, save he shall be meek and lowly of heart. So Jesus calls himself meek and lowly in heart in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And to me, meekness means being willing to submit to the will of God, to be teachable, to be humble. And the... Uh, to me, the definition of lowly of heart means to be humble. So they both kind of um, mean similar things. And lowly of heart, I think, too, means that you're in a place where you're willing to change and become better. Whenever, whenever I am lowly in heart, uh, that kind of is like the step before, like the catalyst to change. That's when I am willing to like do whatever it takes to to improve. In fact, last week in one of my like prayers to Heavenly Father, I was talking about how frustrated I was that that this thing that I'm dealing with is something that I haven't dealt with for my entire life and I've changed and I've become better and then I just fall off the bandwagon and it just keeps coming back and biting myself in the rear end because I just I can't it's it is so hard to change this thing and to improve and I've been kicking and screaming because there are certain things that I know will help but I just didn't want to do it because it seemed like a lot of work and so I, like I just laid my heart out and crying and praying and talking to Heavenly Father about how frustrated I am and how mad that it's so hard for me to to change this one thing and after my prayer i went on my way and heavenly father talks to me the most when i'm doing chores <laughs> especially when i'm out in the garden i don't remember if that's where i was exactly but i know i was working doing chores in the house and i um an image from the chosen um came to mind and it in season 3 i think um there's a flashback to Moses and I can't I don't remember what episode but there's a flashback to Moses where he's um making the the brass serpent to hang on the to hang on the um staff and sorry I paused because there was another thought I had about the same thing that just kind of made it all even a little bit more clear clear but this so Basically, you know, the story where Moses made the brass serpent to hang on the stick or the staff and he put it out and all the and the people only had to look. They had to look at the serpent and then um, they would be healed from these bites from the poisonous serpents that had been like there had just been this plague of them and the people were dying and um, getting really sick. And so Heavenly Father told Moses to build this brass serpent and put it up and all the people had to do is look and they would live. And, um, and so the one thing that I was kicking and screaming about, like after that flash, the one thing I was kicking and screaming about 
um, Emily's father basically told me, this is your brass serpent. And um, you just have to look, you just have to use this tool and, and it'll help you get to, it'll help you change and reach your goals. And um, I hadn't looked at it that way. Um, I had only looked at it as a burden. And, and so this brass serpent of mine, I, as I look to it, then I'll, I'll live, I'll, I'll live the way that I desire, that I desire, that I hope for. And, and the, then the thought that came when I was telling about the story just now was, um, I remember that the brass serpent is a type for Christ. And when we look to Christ, we live. He's the answer. Always he's the answer. <laughs> it's, oh, this is so amazing. Like, that is so amazing. Like, we just have to look to Christ and do what he asks and we will live forever. And that is reason enough to hope. So now some quotes from Jeffrey R. Holland and Patricia Holland from that devotion I mentioned, a future filled with Christ or filled with hope, which would be filled with Christ, I suppose. But <laughs> the future filled with hope. Patricia Holland said, Heavenly Father will do his part in fulfilling these promises. It is up to us to simply believe, to believe simply to be more Christ-like in our meekness and especially in our gratitude as we receive his gifts. Hope is trusting he, that he, God, will help us. The light of the light or the gift of the light of Christ is one of the fundamental reasons for hope in our lives. It is so encouraging, so exciting, and just so hopeful that there is something within us that not only tells us there's a right way, to get through life's complexity, but also tells us that we will find that right way if we are meek and lowly of heart. That was all Patricia Holland. Jeffrey R. Holland said, face the future as cheerfully as possible. Someone wrote once that all of the encouragement Christ extends to us in the scriptures of all the hope he repeatedly offers to us, that which he repeatedly, we repeatedly fail to accept is the encouragement to be of good cheer. Russell M. Nelson said, No spiritual blessing will be withheld from the righteous. The Lord will have us look to the future with joyful anticipation. Elder Holland, uh, Elder Holland said, He, Jesus, knows the, an the end of the story. He knows righteousness prevails when final accounts are completed. He knows that light always conquers darkness forever and forever and forever. He knows that Father in heaven never gives a commandment without also providing a way to fulfill it. Christ triumphant is the source of our hope in this new year and every year forever, end quote. Oh, I love that last part. Oh, and my, my hope, my hope just like, like spread throughout my whole body just like feels like it's bursting because of the reminder that Elder Holland gave right there. Jesus knows, and he dispels darkness forever and forever and forever. Oh, so good. This is why I strive to live the life that I have. I um, want to feel that hope, and I want to feel that joy, and, and we can do that. We can feel that by following Jesus Christ. So I have been a journal keeper my whole life, starting at the age of 14 counting and counting because I received a very, very direct counsel to start a journal. It's been a blessing in my life, but from the time I got married until like six years ago, my journal writing was spotty at best. I did it, but you know, it 
young mom life is is busy <laughs> in its own way. I regret not taking more time to write about my own life then because I would love to be able to have those times to look back on in more depth. And I tried and have some things, but I wish I'd written more of my struggles and hopes as a young mother so my own daughters could use it to help when they go through the same thing. Now, when I think about that too, I am kind of embarrassed. <laughs> I'm sure that there are some things in my journals that I'd rather not my children read, but I do feel like journals are a blessing to our posterity. And maybe I need to pull out my ones from the time that I was 14 to 18. Maybe that will help me understand my teenager a little bit better because being a parent of a teenager is hard. They have like strong emotions. We have strong emotions and it's, it's just kind of hard to figure it out. So I just had that thought. Maybe I need to read my 14 year old journals to see how they can help me with my 14 year old. <laughs> uh, I did find some gems from early 2013. There was a very, very, very short stint in 2013 where I wrote my journal entries on the Gospel Library app. I won't read you the entire entries from the dates that I will share with you, but I will read the parts I wrote about hope. It's good to remember the times when your testimony and hope were strong and lean on those when you may be struggling, as I did last week, which is why I'm talking about hope today, of course. So this entry is from January 1st, 2013. Aren't we to always strive to become better with the hope that someday, in the internal perspective, we will finally be able to completely follow the commandment given by Christ to become as he is. May 16th, 2023. I can find hope by growing my faith in Jesus Christ. January 5th, 2013. We really can do more than we are truly capable of. Heavenly Father can help us achieve our goals even when they seem impossible at the time. As you get better, you strive to become better. And when you allow the Lord to be in the process, you will be more successful. Oh boy, do I need, oh, I'm about to like tear, tear up right now. As you guys know, I'm really good at that, right? That's one of my talents. <laughs> I needed that just now. Let me read that part again. We can really do more than we think we are truly capable of. Heavenly Father can help us achieve our goals, even when they seem impossible at the time. As you get better, you strive to become better. And when you allow the Lord to be in the process, you will be more successful. Oh, I need to like put that somewhere so I can remember and read it often. I picked journal writing back up in 2016 consistently, and I have written daily since then. And I will tell you that journal writing is, one, is the one thing that has helped me have a heart filled with hope than any other thing. My journal is my therapist. I don't leave anything out, the good, the bad, the anger, the joy, the hope, the learning experience, it all gets laid out in my journals. The almost 40 physical journals I have sitting on a shelf, written from the time I was 14 till now, at the age of 36, are evidence that God was with me in my life. They're evidence that even during the challenges I faced, that God was there to help. They are evidence that through the atonement of Jesus Christ, I could change. There it is, my friends, the one thing, the most effective, the most tried and true, evidence-based way I have found for you to continuously find hope in your own life, journal writing. If you're struggling to find hope in your life, write in a journal 
and start right away. Actively look for the ways that Heavenly Father is involved in your life. The hope you are looking for will start to burn within you and will grow because the evidence will be laid before you in your own journals. I have 22 years of proof. 22 years of proof of the hope in Christ that is in me. Proof that Jesus Christ can help me change. Proof that God loves me. Proof that he is always there waiting for me to reach up to him. It's all right there in my journals. And I can go back and read them anytime I need. I would love to share my process for journal writing that I've developed over the last six years. I was inspired by Rachel Hollis and her style of journal writing back in 2017. She includes her top 10 dreams each day, which she believes if you keep them in front of your face every day, it helps manifest their reality. She writes them as though they've already happened. That's what I started doing along with daily journal or writing daily gratitude which is something I also started doing six years ago. My style and process has changed slightly because I found one thing majorly lacking in the style that I learned from Rachel Hollis, and that's the, acknowledge the acknowledgement that it is only through God that I can do things. And including God in my goals and dreams, or and that I should include God in my goals and dreams. Because honestly, I have some pretty crazy dreams and ideas but something I've learned over the years is that although I might have crazy goals and dreams, I need to make sure that God approves of them and that they are his will. I think uh, the world teaches us that absolutely anything is possible. And, and that is true. But it may not, might not be the right thing for you. Right? And so God knows what's, what is the right thing for us to pursue. And he knows what we need to work on and become better at. And so, so I realized that that is something that I lacked and something that I needed as I pursued these goals. And so um, the world teaches us to be selfish with our dreams, right? But God doesn't. So after a bit, I really sat down and reworked my 10 dreams uh, and figured out whether they aligned with God's will for me and whether they were too selfish for me or would take away from my family life. Because I think that's important too. I could have a goal to run, to run a marathon. I've ran a couple half marathons, um, but the time and energy that would take away from my family and my other responsibilities in my life right now, it just would not be a good time. And also with my health issues, it just wouldn't be good anymore. But um, so I need to make that choice, right? I need to to be careful and make sure that my goals and my dreams align what, with what is truly important. And that's my family and what God wants for me. And so after retooling my 10 goals, they represent a list of goals that I've worked with are worked on with God and I continue to include him now as I work towards them and sometimes they change a little bit but overall they have remained the same and they are long-term goals like big dream goals that will take a long time <laughs> to work on but I want to write them every day to keep them in my sights. I also write four short-term goals that I'm working on right now that align with the children and youth program of the church. So a physical goal, emotional goal, spiritual goal, and a social goal. Like for example, one of my my social goals is has to do with this podcast 
that goal is to create an email list so it can communicate with the people that listen here with an or email because social media is just being annoying right now and I don't feel like I'm reaching the amount of people I want and I think an email list would be a good answer to that so I'm trying to figure that out right now those are the things that I'm working on my spiritual goal is to pray morning and night to Heavenly Father and I've always been a good night prayer prayer oh a decent one right there's sometimes I fall asleep or whatever but for the most part but morning has always been difficult and so I had that has been my short-term goal for a couple months now because I'm worried that if I take it off the list even though I'm pretty consistent with morning prayers now that I would fall back into my old ways <laughs> so I yeah so that's one of my goals um so I write down my goals every single day. So I I write down the date. I'll write down my short-term goals. And then I write down my long-term goals. And then, nope, hold on, pause, hold on. Before I write my goals down, I write down what I'm feeling and thinking. This is something that I wasn't doing when I was following the Rachel Hollis method. Um, and... I missed that because that's how what I used to do was just write down what I was thinking and feeling. And so once I started doing that, I yeah, my journal truly became my therapist again. And so I write everything. <laughs> I write my frustrations, I write my happiness, everything. I just kind of lay it all out. And sometimes I have time to write three pages and sometimes I have time to write a couple sentences, but I do try and write the way I feel and what's going on for the day and and stuff so I do that and then I write my goals and then after that I write my uh, I have a section for gratitude that I do every single day and for my gratitude I try and recognize the little moments that I saw that were gifts from God or um, just things that made me happy oftentimes it's like so-and-so did the dishes <laughs> or um, I saw a hummingbird today in the garden that's that's going on my list today. There's a hum I was weeding my cut flower garden and there is a hummingbird that kept coming, but every time I moved, it got scared off. But there was one time as far enough away that it came and it was doing its thing and it was just so awesome. So that's what I do with my journal writing and it truly is a life-changing way to um to recognize my hope and to help me think through life and this is my recipe and um it helps me grow my hope as i write in my journal you have to have you have to actively look for reasons to have hope in your life for your hope to actually be present and grow i promise that if you write in your journal regularly you will find the hope that is within you i hope that my 22 years of journal writing is evidence enough for you to start journal writing keeps you looking it helps you see God and Jesus Christ in your life. It helps you organize your thoughts and opinions. It helps keep you humble so that you have a reason to hope. Oh, man, I didn't realize. Why do I get so emotional every single time? Because I guess I end up talking about really personal things in journal. Journal writing is just one of those things that are um, very personal and very important. And anyone that is close to me and knows me well, my family members, particularly they know that that's true i'm always found with my journal and um 
I don't leave home without it. If I go on a vacation or whatever, it's part of who I am and it's really important. And I, I stick to the promise that I made that if, if you write about your life, you will find hope. So to finish out, the person who I think is a guardian of hope is Russell M. Nelson. Now, I don't know him personally, obviously, but I do know of him and I know I've studied enough of his words to know that he is filled with hope and he invites us to be hopeful. And I can't but be hopeful because of the things that he teaches and that he says. He truly is a guardian of hope. Now, Jesus as a guardian of hope. This is how we finish every episode is talking about Jesus because he is the greatest and the awesomest and the coolest person ever to be on the earth. And it's my goal to talk about him every episode because he is everything. He is the answer. (laughs) My favorite example of him being a guardian of hope is when he told the disciples to be a good cheer right before he went and suffered in Gethsemane and died on the cross. He knew the end game. He knew there was hope to be had and invited his disciples and all of us to be good cheer and that it will all work out. I couldn't imagine having that kind of strength to um, invite, to tell people to hope and, and be of good cheer when I, like he knew what was going to happen and he knew he was going to experience pain and that he would experience betrayal and all this stuff, but he still had hope because he knew what was going to happen or he knew the end game. He knew the resurrection was coming and that he would see Heavenly Father again. And he had hope of that. And I can only imagine the type of hug that he and Heavenly Father had when when he was resurrected and could go see him again. Oh, that must have been amazing. I hope I was able to watch, right? Like I was a spirit child in heaven. Did we get to watch that kind of stuff? I hope so. Like, I hope that I was able to watch, like, or to, you know, witness his miracles and his birth and all that stuff. It would have just been miraculous. I really hope that. I don't know. Do you guys think about that kind of stuff? Anyways, thank you for joining me today on this episode. I really, truly loved talking about hope. And I really hope, there you go, I used the word hope. I really hope that you do start writing in your journal. If you haven't, if you don't do that already and that you find the hope within you and I hope you all have a blessed day. Peace out, dudes. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you walk away filled with strength and power or dare I say virtue as you use your own gifts for good too. Podcasts live by the reviews that are written for them. Please leave a review and let me know what you think. I hope you all have a blessed day. Bye. 